We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Week 5 instant reaction in week 6 waiver wire priority targets on Roto-Viz Radio. What's up, Roto-Viz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I understand we might be like 24 hours late, so instant reaction might not have been the best terminology. Nonetheless, <laughs> I'm Dave Cabin. I'm jo- yeah. joined here by Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners at Rotoviz. Monday Night Football is playing on in the background here, Curtis. Another week in the books. You're having some technical difficulties. Oh, man. Nonetheless, though, it looks like you may have uh, recently got a new hairdo and uh, you're ready to go. Yeah. Um, not, a, not a new hairdo. I just oh, okay. fully shaved. I went, okay. I went full, which changes your face a lot. Mm-hmm. It really does. I haven't gone down to the, down to the smooth skin in many months, um, but it was time. I'm okay. getting more gray. I'm getting more gray, man. And it's harder and harder to hide. It now shows up even in my stubble. I used to have to grow it out just a little bit before it showed up. I mean, yep. you're, you're a couple years younger than me. So, yep. yeah, but you'll, your day will come. Yep. Your day will come. I do need a sad trombone sound effect for my beloved iMac. Okay. Um, let me hit it. Yeah, man. Uh, so if you're listening... <laughs> definitely the reason one of the reasons we're not live streaming tonight i i literally can't do anything except see what's on my imac that that dave is showing me i can't scroll in any direction and i can click on a tab if i can see it but it's a, it's a bad situation man so i think we're gonna have to get a new device here uh in the command center but that's okay that'll it'll i'll take a bad thing and make it into a good thing because it'll be a new toy so that'll be great um, I am excited to react to some of what happened in week five. I mean, there are definitely some, some sad things that happened that are going to unlock some upside for some people, but, you know, I think Dave, you know, a great way to start this episode would be with the week five fantasy player of the week. Yeah, man. And this is a really, really exciting one for a lot of people out there. This is a player that we talked an awful lot about. Mm. A lot of people went out there, used some high leverage picks on. And that, of course, is Brees Hall, who made the most of a very odd game between the Dolphins 
and the Jets puts up 97 rushes or 97 rushing yards on 18 rushing attempts, <laughs> scores a rushing touchdown. Uh, also, two receptions converted into 100 receiving yards. That, my friends, shabby. brings him to 197 yards from scrimmage and 27.7 PPR points. You know, in this game, we actually did see Michael Carter get some usage as well, but I think it, it, with 10 rushing attempts, also saw two targets, but it's pretty clear the tides are shifting here. Brees Hall is going to be a thing very soon, and I think he's going to be a big difference maker for fantasy teams moving forward. Yeah, man. If... if we just get to the point where if that game was replayed like three or four weeks from now and Michael Carter at that point has been fully relegated to change a pace role, Brees Hall probably was, would have been close to 40 points in this game. He was vultured uh, from yes. in close by Michael Carter twice. And again, like you said, he had 27.7 PPR despite giving up uh, two touchdowns to, to Carter. So yeah, that it's really exciting when, you know, when those high end running backs hit, it's exciting for so many reasons. You know, one, um, it's, you know, the, the this point of the season, we're starting to see some of those aging veterans not look quite like, you know, the, their former selves. And so, you know, who is that next superstar going to be for fantasy purposes? But it really starts to shake up the dynasty rankings. And so that makes it even more fun. Uh, but yeah, that's a great pick, Dave. And I think a, a quick honorable mention might go to Josh Allen, who I think is still throwing for touchdowns against the Steelers as, as we record 24 hours later. I mean, they could not stop anything. This guy's doing a 98 yard touchdown to Gabriel Davis threw the ball, like half the field off his back foot. I mean, the guy's just incredible. Um, and no, nobody plays football like Josh Allen right now. Yeah, absolutely insane stuff from Josh Allen puts up a 35.2 point performance. If we zoom out and look across the season, Allen now is positioned ahead of Lamar Jackson. And hold on. Uh, will I try to. Oh, boy. The technical difficulties tonight are just abound, <laughs> Curtis. Hold on. Oh, your, right. your little slider who was hiding behind the other slider. Yes. So yeah, he Allen is at 146.5 fantasy points. Closest player behind him is Lamar Jackson at 130, followed closely by our boy Jalen Hurts at 129. Mm. But just to close the loop here. On Brees Hall, do does everybody realize that at this point, Brees Hall is the RB7 with 81.8 PPR points already at seven, which is pretty, 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 pretty good. <laughs> yeah, uh, it, it is. Um, he's, still, he's still a little bit of a distance away from... Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, but if he continues to to show that type of efficiency in the in the receiving game, um, it won't take long for him to catch uh, those guys. You know, I, and I think from this point through the rest of the season, it would not be you know a shock for him to be a top five back. You know, the rest of the way, right in there, you know, with Eckler, Chubb, Barkley, McCaffrey, and Henry, kind of in that in that picture. And um, you know, you take him over all those guys in dynasty now, which is you know the really exciting thing. Definitely. So, unfortunately, we now have to turn our attention to some players here that did not fare quite as well. One of these players is near and dear to our hearts. 
And we will now be talking about the backfield of the Los Angeles Rams, a team that really, I would say, is disappointed on numerous levels, and especially in terms of fantasy production for its running backs. 13 rush attempts for Cam Akers, 33 rushing yards, one target that was not turned into a reception, just 3.3 points for Cam Akers. Daryl Henderson does not record a single rushing attempt, does turn five targets into four receptions and 30 yards, finishes with seven PPR. At this point, Curtis, how ugly are things in that Rams backfield? I'll tell you how ugly it is, man. I mean, Cam Akers had 14 opportunities and only outscored me by three PPR this week. (laughs) I mean, that's, that's, that's terrible. You know, it's just terrible. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what to say. I mean, the team's really missing 41-year-old Andrew Whitworth. I, I guess I, you know, I don't know what else to say. Um, you know, the, the the line is not, you know, giving much space to these guys and and the way the team decided to split the role this week, you know, truly into the rundown back and the pass down back uh, when they're not really featuring the pass down back. It, just neither of these guys is trustable for, for fantasy. I mean, they, they've probably led to some losses for, for those that have continued to plug them in, you know, maybe if it's not due to loyalty and, and, you know, draft round, you know, original investment, maybe it was out of desperation this week as, you know, the injuries mount at other positions, but man, you, you got to look elsewhere. And if you've got to start one of the two at this point, you know, you still got to start Henderson over acres, I think. Um, you know, if, if week five is any indi- indication of how the, the team will use these backs moving forward, you know, I, th- I think in, in terms of the two, um, you know, rest of season, I, I'm still going to bet on Henderson outscoring acres. I mean, if acres misses any time, Henderson, you know, will, you know, consolidate the role. If Henderson misses any time acres, you know, probably will consolidate the role, but we've seen, you know, time and time again now, that Henderson over the course of several seasons is just looks more efficient per touch, but for whatever reason, the team doesn't trust him uh, or wants to protect him. Uh, maybe a little bit of both uh, from a full volume role. It's just really disappointing. I mean, basically for the Rams, if you're not named cup or Higby, I, you've been a huge bust. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the key factor here really is that uh, this offense not doing much to help out either of these backs, but you have Akers with 15 or 16 more rushing attempts than Henderson, but Henderson with 10 more targets, given that these rushing attempts are not very meaningful. Uh, you know, it really looks like Henderson would have to be the back that you would go with if forced to play one of them, but it has just been ugly all around. So I think it's time that we move on now get back to some more positives. We can talk about some players here that uh, maybe can turn things around for your team. Of course, the first name that I'm going to mention here, unfortunately also comes with some bad news because we will be highlighting Ken Walker here, who, if you are in a league where he's available, naturally becomes an absolute huge priority target. One of those guys that you're going out and doing just about as much as you possibly can to try and get him on your team. Unfortunately, Curtis, Rashad Penny, one of our favorites, suffers a season-ending injury, and as a result of that, uh, will no longer be able to contribute to Seattle's offense this year. Yeah, 
you just feel so bad for him. I mean, you know, he was still looking pretty good, you know, again this year. Uh, and the team was, you know, still giving him the the lion's share of the work. You know, it's hard to know what would happen over, you know, full 17-week uh, 17 season and whether or not Penny would have had a chance to, you know, put up that 1,000-yard uh, output. And, you know, this is a this is a walk year. He's on a one-year prove-it deal. You know, for him to break his fibula and miss the rest of the season, you know, it's just like crushing, man. You know, I feel bad for this guy. Um, and then, you know, from a from a fantasy perspective, obviously on a, a much, much, much lighter note, I think Penny's going to go down in history as one of those players where everyone can say they were right. You know, the the people that said, you know, small school or small school, non-power five uh, prospect, uh, you know, he's overrated. You know, it took him so long to break out that, you know, they were justified and and keeping them down, you know, their rookie list and never bumping them up in terms of dynasty value. But then, you know, if you're like us and you thought this guy was talented and he just needed his chance and he landed in a weird spot and you know, Seattle doesn't know what they're doing with rookies typically, he gave us enough at the end of last year, the beginning of this year that it's like, see, see, what if he just played the whole season? So, um, you know, I, I, you know, feel bad for the guy, but you know, Walker's already showing, uh, some exciting shades of, you know, what he can bring to the table, you know, had the big long touchdown run, um, you know, this week. And, you know, now he's going to be the bell cow and a team, you know, for a team that's, you know, scoring touchdowns and hasn't been afraid to, you know, lean into a bell cow in the past. I mean, with how efficient Geno Smith looks, you know, the passing game looks dangerous. You know, there's a vertical element to it again. Um, and Was the pun there intended? Of the, you know them being dangerous now that Russ. Oh no, isn't it there wasn't. That Gino's dangerous. It wasn't, but I love that you caught that. Yes, yeah. no, they are actually dangerous. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, they actually are. So I, I, mean, I think Ken Walker has immense upside rest of the season. Uh, there's no reason he couldn't be, you know, a top twelve fantasy back rest of way. You know the way that that Seattle is playing and how competitive they are in games, and you know not not really getting the running back scripted out uh, at all. So, you know, as long as you're in a league that doesn't require you to keep fab dollars to make your next bid, um, you know, if you're not, if you're not in a league like that, you know, you've got, you're going to have to go, I think you're going to have to go 95% plus uh, to get them. I mean, everyone's going to empty their wallets. Now, if you are, if you are in a league that, you know, requires a couple bucks you know, here and there, you know, you got to swap out your kicker, your defense, or you get an emergency situation and you need a dollar to make a bid. I think in those situations, you can go 80 to 85%. Just know you're going to have to be very stingy uh, with your start sits. You're going to need to use our strength of schedule streaming app to make sure that when you are picking up those kickers and defenses in particular, that you're looking out a couple weeks ahead and make sure that you're not having to cycle through those guys, you know, those roster positions every single week. But yeah. Uh, pouring one out for Rashad Penny and man, uh, the Ken Walker era has begun. Yeah, it certainly has now. And as we talked about last week, Geno Smith is just absolutely killing it. I need to take another step back here to highlight for everybody just how much he is. So Kyler Murray right now is the QB four at 98.9 points, followed by Geno Smith at 97.9 At this point in the season, the man has passed for 1,305 yards, 
has nine passing touchdowns as a rusher, 77 yards and a rushing touchdown. Uh, so you just really can't say enough about what Geno Smith has done. Player that many had just completely, you know, written off entirely. Uh, and it's to the point, Curtis, where are you, really, if he's on your waiver wire, he's worth an ad. He's outscoring many, many quarterbacks at this point. I really don't think that you, you, you know, are risking anything by going out there and starting to play Geno Smith at this point. So another just fun reminder out there to go ahead and consider Geno Smith. Uh, as I said, yeah, I mean, yep. he's, oh, go ahead. he's outscoring it. Yeah. He's outscoring Aaron Rodgers by like five and a half points a week. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's, this is a pretty good, you know, we're talking about almost a third of a season. Um, and the talent is there at the wide receiver position. So there's no reason to think that this isn't sustainable. You know, I don't think he's going to approach that upper echelon with Hertz, Jackson and Allen, you yep. know, due to the lack of the rushing upside. Um, and I think you would expect, you know, players like, you know, Burrow and, and Herbert and Mahomes, you know, obviously to continue to heat up over the course of the season. But yeah, Gino looks like, you know, at worst a back end, you know, QB one. So I, yeah, I agree. Um, if Ken Walker is, you know, already rostered in your league, you know, Gino is probably one of the, the higher priority ads, even if you already do have a quarterback, unless it's, you know, that person is named Alan Jackson or Hertz. Yeah. So as I, as I look down the list for this week, another player that uh, catches my eye is Eno Benjamin. And one of the things mm -hmm. that you have to keep in mind here is that James Connor um, has been dealing with some injuries. We've seen Daryl Henderson have an issue with his knee. So largely in the second half um, of the game over the weekend, Benjamin had nearly you know, all of the snaps that mattered, 10 opportunities, had a nice rushing touchdown. So we'll have to see what happens with the players in front of him. But I think that Eno, who's largely available in a lot of leagues, you know, for our listeners, maybe he's not, but he's one of those guys that uh, you certainly want to check on, see if he's on your waiver wire. And if you need some running back help, add him. Um, you know, depending on certain factors, it seems like he's a guy that uh, should have at least have a couple of weeks now where you really... Uh, considering him as a flex option, depending on the on the health of the guys in front of him. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. 
Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. I'm not sure I've added and dropped a player more over the last like three years than I have, you know, Benjamin in redraft. Uh, I don't know how I would possibly, you know, find that data, but it, it definitely seems like this is a guy that like every three or four weeks through the balance of each of the past couple of seasons is on, on again, off again, on again, off again. So yeah, I mean, uh, Arizona, not shy about giving the backs the opportunities from in close. And, you know, we, we were drafting, Daryl Williams, we were drafting, you know, Benjamin, you know, made it into to Sean's zero RB article um, this, this off season. So, you know, when this stuff, you know, starts to happen, those of you that have been patient, been able to keep him at the ends of the roster is going to benefit. But in those casual leagues, you know, I'm not talking about the FFPC main event here, but in, in those you know, ESPN, Yahoo leagues, even in some of the pro leagues on those formats, you know, he's, he's probably available 80 plus percent of the time. And I think in the, in the, the truly casual leagues, he's going to be available over 90%. So I don't think you're going to have to break the bank either here. This, this is more of like a, you know, a 10%, 10 to 12% bid uh, for, you know, potential, you know, week or multiple week streamer. This is not a, this is not a Ken Walker situation where you, you know, empty it all. Yeah, definitely not. Uh, Another player too, that uh, we talked about some in the preseason uh, that has it's really an awesome story now that he's back in action is Brian Robinson already mm-hmm. in his first game since coming back from being shot leads the team in rushes uh, now granted the commanders did not rush a whole lot they only had 12 rushing attempts recorded in week five but Robinson handled nine of those uh, did not do very much with them which you know I think you could say about every player in the backfield there also didn't see any targets uh but i do think it's notable that already we're seeing him get the work which is what it was looking like in the preseason so he's a player that if he's out there is probably also worth considering if you have some room for a player that you don't need to be usable right away yeah i would draw you know i would in case you're somebody who was high on on robinson coming into the season Let's just be careful not to push him, you know, into a, a really high percentage of, of fab range. I do think, you know, he'll be the early down back for the commanders the rest of the way, assuming health. But they're gonna they're just gonna use JD McKissick in the in the passing down role. And this is basically the same situation that we were talking about earlier in the episode with with the LA Rams. You know, Antonio Gibson is getting kicked to the curbside. You know, he might get a couple of receptions a game and, and the kick returns, you know, you can you know, we won't pull out the sad trombone sound effect again, but that's basically what's happening here. But this is not, you know, going to be 
you know, Ken Walker situation where he's, you know, playing for a good offense and, and, and taking really the entire role. Um, and Robinson was an, you know, very old running back prospect. Who's now coming off of this injury. Who knows what that would really look like. And the team probably is going to have to endure a quarterback change at some point this season as they're, they're basically already done. I mean, at, at one and four in the NFC East looking like one of the toughest divisions in football. I just don't know how excited I want to get about Robinson. He's going to be super touchdown dependent. So let's just keep that in mind and redraft. You know, this is a, for me, this is like a, a 15 to 20% type bid. This is not, you know, this is not a, a big time, like, you know, bemoan it if you don't get them situation. Yeah, that, that I uh, have to completely agree with. Uh, you know, I'm going to hope that things work out really well for him, but certainly not the type of player that you want to get overzealous on. All right, let's turn our attention to receiver uh, and, you know, like I mentioned before, the challenge here is knowing, um, you know, what type of leagues listeners are playing in Jacoby Myers, you know, in a lot of leagues, probably not available, but I think he's definitely a name. If he got dropped, uh, in a league that you're in due to the injury makes his way back into consideration here, a player you'd want to go after in that game with Bailey Zappi, eight targets, seven receptions, 111 receiving yards and a receiving touchdown. If we look at Myers across the course of the season, uh, he has played in three games, and in those three games, 261 receiving yards, um, 20 receptions, and a touchdown coming out to 52.8 PPR. Uh, Somebody that spends a lot of time watching New England certainly feels to me like he is the best bet uh, for New England's most highly leveraged receiver moving forward uh, as he has been thus far. We talked about Rondell Moore last week, highlighted him. Another player that uh, perhaps if you're lucky could be out there that I think worth is worth mentioning here. Uh, and I'm pretty sure we might've talked about him before Michael Gallup um, yet to really pop off if you will. Um, but a player that I think has some potential and uh, you know, Dallas seems to, Seems to be rolling the last couple of weeks. So we'll have to see what turns up there. Any thoughts on those guys, Curtis? No, I don't have anything really to add on, on Myers. I, I find it unlikely that, that he's going to be out there, uh, except in like a really shallow format mm-hmm. or one where maybe, you you know, I mean, maybe in a casual format where you're only forced to start two wide receivers, he could be out there. So it is worthwhile, you know, to call it out um, or, or a reminder to activate him from your IR if you drafted him and have been lazy. Uh, you know, with Rondale, it's tough, man. I, I, I think well, we I got think Hopkins coming is, back, which we got, which we got to factor in too. Right. Right. And what I'm kind of seeing is it's like, you know, the Kyler's chemistry with Hollywood, you know, from back in the Oklahoma days has been fully rekindled and, you know, Hollywood smashing. I just don't see how, you know, Rondale is going to have room in the offense when Hopkins comes back, unless unless Hopkins coming back just actually takes the offense to a full another level um, where then, you know, they become extremely, you know, pass heavy, no matter the game situation. And, you know, Kyler's out there slinging it 50 times a game and, and Rondale's the extension of the run game. Um, but, you know, I, I feel like things got to c- kind of go right for him. You know, he really feels like a, a hope and a prayer flex right now. You know, you're hoping for like eight points from Rondale in your lineup and, um, I'm not sure that he has a, a ton of upside 
right now. You know, he has that home run hitting ability, but we haven't seen him uh, hit one yet this year. Um, anyway, so I, I think, you know, is, is he is he worth a stash? You know, maybe I think that Gallup would have more upside. You know, he's still kind of recovering from the injury, and then he's going to get the the boost from you know Dak that he previously had so much chemistry with. So, you know, of those two guys, I would rather have Gallup, even though I'd be less likely to start him in the short run, because I'm at this point, you know, especially at receiver, if I'm going to spend waiver dollars on a receiver, I'm trying to get those guys onto the roster that I think are going to be startable, you know, week 12 and beyond. And, you know, I don't think that that's the case for more. I definitely think that's the case for Gallup. If you want to go, you know, way down the list, another guy who does have a couple of receptions over the last couple of weeks now um, not, not that he's heating up or anything, but I think, you know, a, another reminder about how an offense might change due to a quarterback coming back. I did sneak David Bell back on to the end of a couple of rosters, uh, Dave, with, you know, yep. really thinking about December and beyond. So if, if your team's in like great shape and none of these players are available and you are looking for a little bit of wide receiver depth, you got, you know, uh, a handful of late bye weeks of that position or something like that. Uh, I would also toss Bell's name out there uh, for consideration. Yeah, great point. Final player to, to mention here, and he's, I have no idea if he would be available for anybody out there, but I just kind of want to talk about him. Hayden Hurst with another phenomenal yeah, game, Curtis, pushing teams to victories this past week. Hurst has been, or excuse me, Hurst has just been really fantastic. Uh, beyond just, you know, tossing his name out there for the fun of mentioning him, maybe he's available. I don't know any other names that you think we really need to hit this week or if we covered the, the guys that are really going to move the needle. Well, with, with Hurst, I won't add anything, uh, about, you know, you needing to add him to your team. I, I think we've seen enough now though, that we can say, Hey, we were 50, 50 on these veteran tight end calls. So, um, I called Austin Hooper this year's Dalton Schultz. Well, he is this year's Dalton Schultz because neither one of them is scoring any fantasy <laughs> points. Um, so I, maybe there's some accuracy to that, but obviously I had, you know, not 2022 version of Dalton Schultz in mind. Hooper just doesn't seem to be, you know, gaining any footing in the Tennessee offense. But we did say Hayden Hurst would be this year's Dawson Knox, and that does uh, seem to be the case. And you know, perhaps I'll have even a higher ceiling than, than obviously. You know, of other guys that maybe I would mention, Um, and you know, just again, this is an opportunity to highlight Bjorn's article that comes out, uh, late Sunday, early Monday, every week. Uh, he does highlight some stashes in addition to the, the, you know, kind of the must have, you know, waiver guys or, you know, the, the waiver chalk, if you will. I think it does make sense given how Daniel Jones seems to be entrenched as the starting quarterback for the giants and Brian Dable's effect on that offense you know, putting out some stash bids on Kadarius Tony and Wandale Robinson, you know, that, that, that giants receiving core looks so horrible. I mean, they just have nothing. And, you know, Jones is out there grinding it. Um, you know, obviously Saquon has done his part. They're even getting some uh, workman like production from, I think the NFC East version of Will Disley and Daniel Bellinger. Um, so <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> really uh, are. Yeah, it's like the same thing. So, you know, I, I think Tony or whether it's Tony or Robinson or both, you know, whichever one comes back from their soft tissue issues um, first, there's a real opportunity to to inject some upside into the offense. And I think they could earn, you know, earn favorite status with Daniel Jones pretty quickly. Um, 
just based off of how pedestrian everybody else is in that offense. Certainly. So I think that takes us through everything we want to cover for this week. Tomorrow will be the projection review episode as we start to ready ourselves oh, baby. for week six. Uh, we will be fired up for that. Hopefully everybody will have a couple more W's under their belt as they tune in for that episode. Until then, uh, good luck and we will see you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. 